Radio Primavera Sound. Powered by Seat. Welcome to an entire new season here at RPS. Just as summer draws to a close, we bring you a novelty for our fourth term of radio broadcasting. The weekly review has branched out and shall now be available as a daily occurrence. That is right. From Mondays to Fridays, Ben Cardew and I, Johan Wald, shall offer you, the dear listener, one-hour doses of freshly baked, straight-out-the-oven songs from Humble and not-so-humble artists from many points of the globe. This is the Weekly Review, the Daily Edition, Monday. Ben, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. I just love the fact that we went daily and just didn't change the name. <laughs> the Weekly Review, Daily Edition, stick around. I swear, we, we have spent time uh, fuffling about with song um, programme titles, but you're all familiar with the Weekly Review, so... It is a week, a start of the week, Monday. Yeah, How, you can review the week every day, can't you? Exactly. It it's not on that. Do you know what I was just thinking as well? This song, which is our, our new theme song, um, is basically the, the we've used when we've changed in the programme. It talks about how changes are no good. I don't know if we've undercut ourselves there or if we're actually, you know, <laughs> that's our message. It, you know, if it ain't broke, why fix it? How's your summer been, culturally speaking? What's been interesting to you? Uh, oh, so much. I mean, like ABBA came back. I mean, what, what, what more? What more do you want than that? What's? And they're, they're coming back as holograms, which I'm not entirely convinced by. Um, but I mean, they've got new songs. Who'd have thought we'd have new ABBA songs? I know. Forty years later, it just seemed like something impossible and something that they didn't find necessary. But we'll be talking more about that further along the line. But as I said earlier, we shall be popping tunes from humble artists and maybe not so humble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A few weeks ago, we witnessed a hell of a showdown between two of the world's leading music titans, the owners of the internet. One we may hear and talk about further down the line along the week, but for now, we shall open with Mr. Meme himself, Drake. Tesla, now she gonna let you 
Ghost on the bitch, you don't know where I went Pray for all my dogs, all my niggas behind the fence Drippin' in it, I just spillin' in it New designer gear by a coaster Pay attention to the detail, going two-tone on choker Young niggas always ready to murk some call them smokers Young nigga have emotion, don't make sure the car get free. Hit a 360, windmill when I left the scene That's that action, her best work on her knees too sexy for this cash, too sexy for this serve, too sexy for these pills, I'm too sexy for this I get cash wherever I fly, got bitches sexing on me Money, cars, and all the jewelry make a bit look sexy I get cash wherever I fly, got bitches sexing on me Yeah, wow, wow, wow I'm too sexy for this serve, too sexy for your girl Too sexy for this world, too sexy for this ice Too sexy for that jack yeah, yeah, I'm too sexy for this chain, too sexy for your game, too sexy for this fame. Yeah, yeah, I'm too sexy for the trap, too sexy for that cap, too sexy for that jack. Yeah, yeah, too sexy to count. Fitty, my neck, Bugatti, red diamond. Drake released his eagerly awaited sixth album, if we don't count the awesome mixtapes, Certified Lover Boy, to a mild critical indifference but public reverence. He's actually right now number one on everything, really, all of his songs. According to the Pitchfork Review, Drake is still trying to balance fame, intimacy, ambition and insecurity. What a hard job it must be to be this man at the top of his own built pyramid where it gets so lonely. Well, if you're looking at sort of Kanye versus Drake, which I suppose is, is, is you know, going to be the topic, well, one of the topics of the summer, uh, Drake came back and he had rights of red with him. And, you know, Kanye didn't have that, did he? Which is, I mean, I was I was amazed. Like, I remember somebody saying, like, I, like have you heard that, that Drake's sampled rights said Fred? And I was like, really? Um, because do you remember a few years ago, like, Taylor Swift also had to pay money to rights said Fred for using, like, um, the, the sort of melody from uh, I'm Too Sexy in one of her songs? I didn't remember that episode. Right, said Fred, really are making an, an incredible living just off that one song. Yeah, yeah. well, that was the thing. I, th- I thought, like, basically, with Taylor Swift, it was kind of like it sounded a little bit like that and, you know, and she kind of paid them a bit of money. But and it was sort of like, and I, I thought it might be the same kind of thing with Drake, but no, he's like, he's right in there with, with um, I'm Too Sexy. Also, have you heard about Right, said Fred, of like? No. They're a bit anti-vax. What is it with men of this of a certain generation, especially a lot of you know a lot of their contemporaries like Ian Brown, <laughs> Richard Ashcroft, <laughs> not 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 in the same sort of uh, musical God, genre. Ian Brown's gonna love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your contemporaries, right? Said Fred. Sorry, you were saying <laughs> all these anti-vaxxers. Uh, they've, they've just got this thing where where they're being spokespeople for I don't know a kind of behaviour that goes against. Mm, safety i used to love right said fred as well i have a lot i actually dj'd uh, last <laughs> friday at this as a 70 year old man's birthday really yeah i was hired and i actually played don't stop uh, don't talk just that's Kiss. a great song it's a great song i always had time for that song did the 70 year old man like it the the crowd uh, uh, reacted well to it <laughs> were they all 70 they were all in that age group yeah it, it was a tough crowd i tell you <laughs> i it's, bet yeah you know because they, they it's not like they're easy to please because they overdo the substances or the alcohol. No, no, they, they, you know, it's people who are in an age group that you really have to give them oomph to get them dancing. And I had a few moments where I struggled a little bit. You know, it's like, damn it. I always loved um, I'm Too Sexy because if you cast your mind far, far back to that summer, like Brian Adams was number one for about 14 weeks. And I kept on hoping someone was going to knock it off. And I think like, like I'm Too Sexy got to number two. And like, come on, you can do it. You can do it. And it didn't. And PM Dawn got to number two. And it's come on, just, just, no, no, no. But Brian Adams 
continues unabated and uh, yeah uh, Deeply Dippy is a great song as well Do why you, do people sample that it's because that's the thing right Seth Fred aren't a one hit wonder they had Deeply Dippy which also charted uh, quite well in most of the world and as I say Don't Talk Just Kiss is a beautiful lovely anthem the video clip was wonderful and it incited people to do that wonderful thing that is kiss and kiss with the tongue and whatever anyway uh, so while Drake and Kanye were all US Twitter seemed to talk about the universe rumbled particles crashed into one another new strands of life emerged on other lifeless planets when the press agencies broke the news the world has been waiting for for 40 years ladies and gentlemen it is the dream of any music radio broadcaster to deliver such sweet and epic news on a monday agnetha bjorn benny and annie frida frida abba have returned as ben said earlier on jesus wept i got teary just from writing this not with a re-release not with a new musical involving their greatest hits not with another hollywood movie with actors struggling to reach high notes abba the four of them have actually recorded new music they shall be putting out an album titled voyage and what's even sweeter news is that it will sound like what you want an abba record to sound like something forever suspended in their 70s golden age this is one of the two singles they've released. Don't shut me down. It's getting dark. I realize I'm cold. The rain begins to pour as I watch the windows on the second floor. The lights are on. It's time to go. It's time at last to let him know.
to cope and love and hope is why I am here now. According to Benny at the press conference re- revealing their return, he said, we are not competing with Drake and all these other guys. Sorry, I'm putting on oh a God, mild oh Swedish I can't help it. I like putting, putting the Swedish accent. Do it, no, do it, do it, do it. We can't because I don't understand the ingredients in the songs that work today. So it's impossible to emulate. I don't mind Drake. I just don't know what modern pop artists are doing. This is going to sound very boomery, but it's so reassuring to hear music made by grandmasters of pop music like ABBA. Real instruments, piano, string arrangements, chord progressions, Agnetha and Frida's vocal harmonies. Ben, the world is in order. It really is like they kind of and they come back with just exactly what you want. You know, like I think I've said this before, but sometimes like you just get exactly what you want in life. It's rare, it's rare, but sometimes like music comes along. It's like yeah, that's exactly what I was after, and they've done it. They've done like if somebody had asked me what I would like uh, an ABBA song to sound like in 2021, like a new ABBA song, I would have. I probably wouldn't have said that, but like now, that now I know that's exactly what I want. And unbelievably, we on Wednesday have an ABBA exclusive, do we not? We yes, we do. I managed to speak to a collaborator on this uh, on these incredible show, multimedia shows that they're going to be unleashing uh, in London. Uh, James Wrighton, who many of you remember from being one of the founding members of Claxons, and who has got a fabulous solo career. Uh, he, last year, he released The Performer. He got hired to put the live band together that is going to be performing the songs while the audiences enjoy the, the ABBA in this multimedia format. You know, the, the Benny, Bjorn, Agnetha and Frida won't be uh, present physically. They spent five weeks recording themselves with um, the suits, the kind of suits that um, Andy Circus wore to play Gollum. Uh, so, so they could capture all their movements performing their songs. They spent five weeks recording their songs, performing them in a motion capture studio in Sweden, uh, helmed, helmed by Industrial Light and Magic, George Lucas's team. So it, it really is going to be something exciting. I don't think it's going to be something as, um, I don't know, peop- some people have their reservations about the whole hologram. Uh, entertainment but this is going to be more than that it's the next step in multimedia digital entertainment I think I'm all on board for it and we will be listening to my interview with James Wrighton who unleashed a few of the what he could talk about about this collaboration with these musical titans and I can say like you were just telling me a little bit of what he was talking about just uh, off mic there and it is thrilling um, some of the stuff he's been talking about. So I am looking forward to hearing it Wednesday, uh, eleven o'clock, uh, as much as much as you are. I'm blown away. Like when he said he was on, I was like, "Hang on, doesn't Johan know him?" And I was like, "Yeah, Johan has, has got a, a front row seat, kind of, at the ABBA reunion." I, well, uh, that, yeah. Uh, yeah, you have, you have. All right, just don't. don't. Oh, well, the good thing is, this isn't. Uh, it won't be a show that runs out of tickets. It's going to be like a Cirque du Soleil kind of thing, where that they've built their own arena, right? In yeah, London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's just going to be there forever because they're going to. They they haven't said until when it's going to last. They're just going to be like, well, until people stop buying tickets, which will presumably be never. Uh, yeah, it's going to be like a West End show, isn't it? F- exactly. Forever running, basically. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, we'll we'll get a chance to go and to go and see. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, but I was saying, you know, how, how reassuring it is to hear music made by grandmasters. But it's not to say that music made with computers, with different contemporary patterns, cannot be as exciting. Apparently, there's a new dance revolution stemming out of New Jersey. Some are calling it the Jersey Club movement, and it already has a spearhead. Rapper, producer, unique. Take a dose of this drug Stop microdosing my love Stop microdosing my love You want me? Come 
trips Kissed on my lips, now drowning it Falling into my abyss, that sticky, icky, wet, wet Jippin' having rip sex, lace down, latex Blowing back, breaking necks, every time you fuck I be feeling for the next flip I want you, I don't need you, so don't take it out of context You want me, I want you, so let's get it I need you on land, point blank, period The cup's in my hand, and baby, you feeling it Taking my love and microdose in it Late nights, cold sweats, family got the sheets wet Once he come, you know I'm present for a reset Hmm, I ain't something you can reject Ooh, but this pussy finna be kept That's all you got, ain't need it. Need it. You want me? Come take a dose of this drug. You wanna get a dose of me? Dose of me? Dose of me? Dose of me? You want me? Come take a dose of this drug. You wanna get a dose of me? Dose of me? Dose of me? Dose of me? You wanna get a dose? Microdosing is the term given to reduced intakes of psilocybin, the natural chemical agent found in mushrooms that produce hallucinogenic effects. Extremely reduced doses can produce a very mild awakening of the senses, which are said to declutter the mind from anxiety and overwhelming clashing of thoughts and emotions. But don't take this as a public service announcement. If you are inclined to try microdosing, read up on it from experts before you do so. I am not advocating use of any drug that can alter your perception. I'm too young to face a lawsuit. Ben, what is this New Jersey movement? You're the expert on underground dance trends. Uh, well, Jersey Club's been kind of around for a while. It's like, you know how in lots of American cities, you have localized club scenes like Baltimore and things like that, and and this is the the New Jersey one. It's kind of quite frequently has like this bedspring sound effect. It's known that I wouldn't that song I wouldn't say is like kind of typical of like New Jersey club. Generally, it's a bit more sort of odd rhythmically, um, but uh, it, it sort of hasn't like kind of really entered the the mainstream. But I absolutely love this song. And I also love the fact that like people have been talking about microdosing for like the last couple of years, haven't they? It's been like one of these big topics, and then like. I think 
a line like stop microdosing my love is brilliant it's like ah very cleverly done you know like kind of you know exactly what she means like uh, and it's just cleverly using kind of words that are out there that, that, are, that are very popular um, I think she's absolutely great and um, I want to hear uh, a lot more of her quite frankly well, are you watching that uh, Nicole Kidman show that's on Amazon right now it's still streaming you know they, they premiere a new episode a week it's called Nicole Nine Kidman? Perfect Strangers no it's it, well. It has a lot to do with microdosing. She plays a guru of a a, um, a, health, a, a wellness center, a very elite wellness center, and uh, she's and yeah, microdosing is part of the treatment and stuff. And that is another thing that's bridging this trend into the into the mainstream. You know, people are just if Nicole Kidman's talking about it, even though it's her character, it's not the actress, <laughs> but it is kind of trying to. Um, uh, adv- it, well, the show advocates it, although it is starting to get a little bit dark, in a way. So it's kind of stopping advocating. Well, he was just saying it's all very good until X happens. You it, know, it seems to be pro microdosing, but there has been a situation with one of the characters where they get the fear, no, because they, they no longer microdose; they go on full on shrooming. And anyway, but um, did they stop microdosing their love? Uh, no, actually, the, the 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 love is macrodosing thanks to microdosing. <laughs> Okay, well, that's good. That's good. Because there's a couple in there. There's a you know they, they, everyone's got like all their traumas and stuff, and they're yeah. It's it seems to be working ish, but it's fiction. It's a series, um, but uh, anyway, <laughs> I, I think can we just say we are going to try to play some some sort of new new music on on this show. It's not going to be all all <laughs> ABBA and Right Said Fred samples. There'll be new stuff, right? Of when course they, they think- will. You know, because apart from New Jersey, where Unique is from, another city which left a mark in dance culture and is associated with the kind of rhythms you can conjure up with a Roland 808 is the city of Manchester. It has rained a lot since the Hacienda closed its doors, but every once in a while, the sound of the kind of house music that would be spun there re-emerges at the fingertips of young representatives of a new generation. Anz is a DJ and producer based in Manchester, and she's teamed up with London singer George Riley on this banger, You Could Be.
We're at an age where legends, real legends of the music world, are saying goodbye and becoming part of the ether. The past 29th of August, we woke up to the sad news that dub reggae pioneer Lee Scratch Perry had died from an unspecified illness back home in Jamaica. The man, known for innovative studio wizardry, producing a mammoth share of classic reggae anthems that ended up defining the genre and some of the most eccentric behavior known behind a mixing desk. Apparently, he would blow marijuana smoke onto reel tapes to infuse the sounds with extra poignancy. And who are we to argue? It's impossible to listen to a track recorded at his Black Ark Studios that doesn't suddenly d- divert your attention to the little wooden box lying on the coffee table concealing the stash of kush. That's the second time I'm talking kind about mind-altering mind-altering substances this is not an endorsement this is just me telling it like it is um how big a loss is lee scratch perry ben ah massive he's like one of the most important producers artists just in history um and i was actually looking back on on something i i wrote about him when he released uh his his last album which was uh there's one called rainford which was um 2019 um and I don't want to quote myself because I'm, I'm I'm not that desperate. But like, basically, there was a point I made which I quite stick with it. Is that basically, I think he's one of those people that if he if he had stopped making music, he would have been a lot better sort of respected. If he'd stopped making music in the 70s, people have been like, oh my god, he's just an absolute genius. Because like in the 80s, 90s, do that. He's become you know he's a very like eccentric character, and he was known for like saying weird things and, and being weird. And I almost think that kind of like overtook his reputation you know people are like oh Lee, Lee, Lee Scratch Perry is kind of weird and you then think about how good his production like helping to invent dub and, and producing like Bob Marley and just doing classics basically like so many classic songs which is the reason I like this song which is kind of playing in the background which is from that, that album um, this song is uh, it's called Autobiography of the Upsetter and basically he doesn't in this song rather than like going on you know about, about sort of weird psychedelic unconnected lines he actually talks about his life like he talks about his life growing up um in in jamaica and i found it really really poignant you know because it's like i think people kind of almost like forgot that there was like a real person in there in among all the myth and the legend and then to actually come back with the song where he's actually talking about yeah his life i I thought was absolutely beautiful there are very few people who are more important than lee scratch perry and i wish i had uh, been able to interview him but no i did did you? How yeah. was he? A lot of fun. It was hard understanding some of his ramblings, but he was he was wonderful. When? Enjoy. When? This was 2004 or 2005. I don't know. He came to play a festival in Seville, and he kept talking about the piano, the piano. And I'm like, what? You know, we were, <laughs> we were listening back to the interviews. Like, what's he talking about? Oh, piano, the piano, the piano. Did you bring him a present? Uh, no. Why? Apparently, the, the, like that was the the key. If you're interviewing him, is to bring him a present. Oh, damn. Uh, I wish I would have. Oh. I'm jealous. I'm really jealous. I mm. wish I could find the, the archive where I've got it. Anyway, I'll find it. I am the I come to wipe out evilness. I come to wipe out racism. I move him and move the schism My first record Cub All from you I move Coxon I move Music City 
and I am you agree Baba Ali come to me say my cup is overflow my cup is overflow and I don't know what to do can you help me Mr. Perry yes I can I give you funky reggae pop Revolution 5 In Revelation 5 People funny boy Curly legs Black boy jungle Susan Cadogan come along With her so good Maxi Romy come along this is my handy biography, prophecy. I came up with the arch with salvation and let the people dance and give the people a chance. I am the upsetter. I am the upsetter. I am the upsetter. I caught Chris Blackwell in the saw Drinking chicken blood In a rum glass Tell your story From a story book Tell you a story for my morning glory, I unfold the time. Burn on the ark and burn down the yak. People thought I was mad. Burn down Black Hawk. Too much iniquity. Too much out of quitty. Was in the yak. People thought I was crazy. Walking backward through the city. Walking backward. In Spanish town From Spanish town To Kingston Walking back Went to London town London town Met Adrian Kishi Kishi Him Sherman Arrest and far I arise, far I I I Forward ever and backward never Till the sun rise And the sun go down And the moon come around The devil did Well said I am the richest man out of me Me is an angel, we have no gifts Me have no wages, me have no wages Me have my skin black But I'm not crazy, I'm the upsetter 
Speaking of a time when drugs could practically be heard on popular records, or at least the influence of them on those who played the instruments, sang the lyrics and produced the songs, the Beach Boys reissued two of the classic albums released back when they entered the 70s, amid a bit of backlash due to Dennis Wilson's infamous ties with Charles Manson. Sunflower, released in 1970, and Surf's Up in 1971. The, this summer they released a five-disc edition box set of both albums with plenty of remasters, extras, live takes, live performances, a grand total of 108 songs from the band, many considered to be better than the Beatles. Maybe one day we can host a table discussion about this. <laughs> what do you think, Ben? Were you, uh, do you stand by or against? <laughs> like the Beach Boys are one of my favorite bands. I wouldn't say they're better than the Beatles, because I just think at that kind of level, it's like doesn't really make sense. It's like you know, <laughs> is is sort of cheese better than chocolate? It sort of depends what you like, doesn't it? You know, but um, I absolutely love them. I love this 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 period of what they do. I've got a. Can I can I run a theory past you? Give it give it to me. So I think every generation. Uh, likes actually same with the Beatles. Like every generation gets the Beatles album they like, right? So as you as you grow up, you sort of see different generations getting into different Beatles albums. Like when I was when I was when I was younger, it was people always talking about Sgt. Pepper, and they started talking about Revolver because it was Britpop time. They're like recently people have been talking about like Abbey Road because they're kind of into that sort of I don't know finality. And like the Beach Boys, I think it's the same. And like surfs up with its like environmental messages and kind of. Do Me Feel is the absolute perfect Beach Boys album for this time because it kind of really mirrors the the, the kind of feel of what is happening of like of of yeah sort of doom <laughs> quite frankly an environmental doom and I I actually got this box set I was I was sent it earlier in summer and I've been listening to it all summer long I'm like there are bands that I would listen to studio outtakes from you know like the bass player tuning up and the Beach Boys are one of them I am that boring it's absolutely fan- <laughs> fabulous but you know what i discovered that basically uh they've been doing this for all of their albums if you go back to listen to basically all, all, all of the beach boys albums you will find there's now like an ultra deluxe kind of box set with eight thousand and one studio outtakes and when i discovered this i just didn't do anything else for days i just listened <laughs> to these beach boys outtakes um and it, it was it was kind of good it was like the best best use of my time all summer i reckon well, even though Sunflower sold poorly back then, fans generally consider it to be the Beats Boys' finest post-Pet Sounds album. Fans do not. I disagree. I totally disagree. Really? Oh, yeah. It's Oh, that it is... You don't agree that it is the finest since Pet, Pet Sounds? No, I do not. You, you think it's better than fi- Pet Sounds? No, Surf's Up but is better than uh, ah. Sunflower. Well, Surf's Up and Sunflower do belong to the same time period of composition. You know, it's 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 uh, they were it's even though they were released separately one year after the other, they belong to the same kind of writing sessions and the the mind frame that the band were in at the time in 1969, as the 60s were drawing to a close.
Another box set of two landmark albums that we welcome in this uh, new school term is Radiohead's Kid A slash Amnesiac, or better known now as Kid Amnesia, a special triple album reissue marking the 21st anniversary of Kid A and Amnesiac to be released by Radiohead via XL Recordings on November 5th, alongside a newly compiled third disc titled Kid Amnesia, which will comprise uh, will be comprised of unearthed material culled from the Kid A and Amnesiac sessions. Ben, can you, I mean you must have written about this? How impactful was the release of Kid A back in 2000 to the world of, especially the, to the world of rock bands? Well, massively, like everyone was waiting for you know another OK Computer. Like OK Computer had electronics on it, but it sort of still. Um, it was like a, a rock album and they kind of came out with Kid A which was really electronic and really really kind of weird and I remember actually going to see them uh, touring when, when, when they they toured Kid A and like it that point uh, it felt really kind of quite strange to, to hear um, you know like a Radiohead song with no drums with just like electronic beats on it and it felt like we were still kind of like getting used to it basically and um, but it did really 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 well um, I'm thinking about a song like Idiotech, right? That, oh, that was, yes. I remember hearing that live and being like, I think this is good, but this is very much not what I'm expecting, you know, from, from Radiohead. Um, and I, I, it's possibly my favourite Radiohead album, actually. Yeah. I really, really like it. Also, did you see the tweet with which they announced it? The one where they were joining the two CDs? Yeah, yeah, I really <laughs> like that. Yeah. Because it was like, because everyone has always like argued cause I, uh, about like, what, would like a combination of the two albums sound like you know could you have like the electronic one could you have the rock one because you know they're recorded at, at the same time and i love that that tweet sort of playing for it and now we're kind of get a bit of an amplified version of it you know um i i mean like it was just like ridiculously if you think about like the the growth of electronic music in the states if you think about um rock bands incorporating more electronic albums it's, it's just an absolutely massive album one of the most influential of the last Two decades. Well, it became so. a catchphrase. Like, oh, when a band was struggling with a third or a fourth album, a successful band, it's like, oh, we need to do a Kid A. Or, or a manager would suggest, do a Kid A. You know, incorporate electronica into your into your rockness. Or or do something experimental, right? It became a, a standard practice almost in the industry. Uh, almost a cliche. I always felt very sorry for Phil Selway. Every time I listen to Kid A, I think the drummer in Radiohead, it's like... You know, I, I imagine them having that first band meeting of, okay, guys, we've got to bring uh, demos uh, to the rehearsal space. And Tom York bringing all his sort of warp references and uh, mode selector or Aphex Twin and ambient stuff. And Phil saying, well, what, what have I got to do? <laughs> you know, you're not leaving much for me to do if all of a sudden you're going to be doing all the rhythms programmed on a, <laughs> on, a, on a beat. Obviously, when you went to see them live, Phil, Sel Phil Selway really stepped up. Because he had to, you know, <laughs> match these syncopated rhythms and stuff, you know, with his muscle. I reckon, like, when you get to that stage, you don't worry too much about it. I reckon you're very secure in what you're in what you're doing. You've done three massively acclaimed albums that everyone loves you, and you're you're playing drums and that kind of thing. And if they go like, all right, no, this is electronic, but you just like, all right, fine, I'll go and I'll have a cup of tea or well, something. Plus, he's a good Samaritan. 
feels what? so weak. Yeah. What he's, do you mean? He's a good Samaritan. Like he, he, uh, Samaritans are people who dedicate most of their living days to helping others. So we say. So he obviously he's 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 just as busy doing um, goodwill. So we say uh, official good work. You know, charities and and just being. Um, yeah, being a good Samaritan <laughs> than just sort of focusing on being a disgruntled drummer in a band that no longer has that much use for you because the sound is going more electronic. But yeah, and I, and he, I, I remember seeing them... Anyway, I don't want to go on too long, but I, I, I met him once after a radio show, Radiohead show when they play, when they toured um, OK Computer in Madrid. And uh, very nice, very, very nice man. You met everyone. Lee Scratch Perry... Yeah, but he because he just he, he was milling about, you know. He went uh, he went out front for a moment, and I was like, "Oh, I just want to shake your hand." Oh, very very polite. Anyway, this is uh, one of the outtakes from the Kid A Amnesiac sessions. Here it is, Radiohead.
I mean, if you told me this is the new single by Radiohead that they're releasing for a new album today, I'd think it's the best song of the year. And this is an outtake. This is how incredible their creative period around that time was. They didn't even make it into a B-side. They're just like, oh, yeah, it's all right. It's like an outtake. You know, it's, you know it's, it's, I'm one of those that when I hear Tom's voice, I feel so reassured, like everything's okay. Even though he's the patron saint of world weariness, uh, I feel very relaxed when I hear Tom. One of the things I like about living in the modern world is like uh, you kind of do have access to all this music, which seems like a very banal thing to say. But like this week I was reading um, a book about Serge Gainsbourg and I just decided I was going to listen to like all the Serge Gainsbourg albums. And I could just one, one from one to the end. And look at all the stuff that's coming out. Look at all this beautiful Radiohead stuff, you know, that that didn't see the light of day. No one could hear it. Now we get this beautiful song. I'm quite emotional. And they stress so much about material, material. It's like, my God, you guys are amazing all the time. Anyway, if Radiohead are a band music journalists can never stop writing about, Duluth, Minnesota husband and wife combo Lowe, who supported Radiohead on their 2003 Hail to the Thief tour, have also become one of those bands that make you stop what you're doing and obsess over every creative decisions they make on record. They've just released the follow-up to their astounding double negative uh, album, with which they redefined how far you could take distortion as an interesting element in a song's structure. With this new album, Hey What? The heavy saturated distortion of sound is once again up front in most of the tracks, creating this interesting texture that add depth to the emotions found in the lyrics. first heard Double Negative, the previous album, and I thought, is something wrong with my loud, my headphones and stuff? Because it was this saturated sound that was incredible, and, and everyone was like laughing at it. And he's like, no, man, that's the way it's supposed to be. It's like, oh, yeah. and now I'm totally on board. I love it. 
Can't get enough of low. Um, so this, uh, we're, we're almost at the end of this first episode of the daily edition of the weekly review. Uh, we're going to be on every day from Monday to Friday from 11 till 12 live. Um, we're going to be alternating. Some days it will be Ben on his own. Some days it will be me. I'll probably be with you on Mondays and uh, Thursdays and Ben will be with you on Tuesdays and Fridays. And we will all be together joined by Mar Viverdu every Wednesday doing live our habitual, habitual The Weekly Review as you know it. The more uh, podcast oriented show where we will be talking more than listening to music and discussing things we will still be discussing ABBA we'll have the James Wrighton interview and many more other many more other surprises we have prepared for you anyway uh, it's time to wrap up now remember when we used to get excited about bands announcing European tours well it seems this feeling of anticipation is finally getting back to us after such a long period of bands not being able to tour the world and let's listen to those first tracks this is Pavement, who have announced a 2022 tour, which will kick off at our very own Primavera uh, Sound uh, and the Oporto edition. It seems like it's been Aeon since they were for the first band announced for our lineup back in 2019, just before Rosalia took the stage. These will be the. Uh, this will be. Yeah, these two. These dates that they will be playing all across Europe will be the first time they play since they reformed a first time back in 2010. No new music has been released, but who needs new songs when they have such a timeless and extensive back catalogue? Uh, thank you for listening to us, Ben. What a pleasure to go and do live radio again. It's been an absolute pleasure. We'll see you all tomorrow. Well, I'm on. I'm on it tomorrow. I'm on it tomorrow. Yeah, so flying solo. Yeah, exactly. Expect more sort of nonsense about electronic music and ABBA, basically. <laughs> we leave you now with the great pavement.
Estás escuchando tu radio de Valencia. 